I've had some time to really think it over. And when I say time, I mean multiple years and a plethora of situations that have caused me to look at what could I have done to not only attract this situation, but what was I displaying that made this person believe that I would allow something of that nature to occur within an interaction that we were having. And when you look at it with an honest eye, if you think about it, we deal with a lot of things within relationships with scarcity, with the tone of scarcity. So we're always thinking of what can draw someone away, I mean, pull someone away, um, what could make someone uh, disapproved, what could make someone view us as unpleasurable, um, or if you're a woman, for sure, you don't want to be viewed as, quote-unquote, difficult, you know? And um, I think we want to seem easy to love. And I think with being easy to love... That comes with a tremendous burden because that means you have to put to rest the real you and anything you're feeling that could be opposite of what that person is um, wanting to see from you. And that's, that's a disservice. Like, you shouldn't do that to yourself. We shouldn't do that to ourselves. And we rob ourselves And, you know, I was thinking about this topic and I thought to myself something that I used to think when I was younger, that if I keep doing this, it'll run this person away. What is the this that you're doing? Like, ask yourself, what is the this expressing when I am hurt or expressing when I don't like the way you treat me? Hmm. If that would run him the way, I mean, open the door. Unlock the door and open the door for them. Matter of fact, pack their bags for them. Because it should be that only because they're not treating you the right way. If you think about merely just the opposite of what you're saying is, you're saying that I would rather that person stay than me, than me get, you know, treated right even if that means being treated right by someone else and this isn't just for regular relationships this is platonic friendships often I'll ask myself would I want you know would I be okay with a friend handling me in this specific way And the reason why you ask that question is because you have to highlight the incident that's truly happening. Because a lot of times we will look at a situation and we will choose to overstand to the point to where we just basically create an entire new tolerance for that painful thing that they're doing. And that's extremely unhelpful. 
you make excuses for that person because that helps you digest it. You know, it 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 helps you avoid the truth for just one more day. Just one more day or one more month I could buy more time without knowing that tr- that real hardcore truth and you don't want to rob yourself. Well, what if that pushes the person away or what if, you know, that makes things awkward? Well, that's just what it had to be. There's nothing wrong with conflict. There's nothing wrong with disagreements. Now, them happening to a ridiculous state, yeah, like, everything shouldn't be an argument, right? But everything shouldn't be silence if it means that you're ending up throwing yourself in front of the emotional bullets in order to save the relationship. You don't want to do that. That's very unhealthy. And I brought up scarcity earlier because, you know, we pretty much only apply that to financial things or maybe someone who would rob a bank. They're experiencing uh, an uncomfortable time that's usually probably filled with some form of scarcity, right? Them being afraid of not having anything at all or losing it all or tired of not having what they felt like wasn't all. And that's what we do in relationships. And um, I gave the analogy recently to describe how I felt, you know, about something. I think sometimes you have to come to this realization revelation just allow it to just really sit on you like a cloak in the winter and just let just wrap yourself in the truth of what it really is some people really just want what they want some people don't they don't know that what they're doing is producing what they have right you know those people are generally ignorant to their own choices and stuff like that but Then there's others who know every ounce of what's going on, but they're choosing, you know. And the problem is their house is on fire and they know all the answers. They know all of the all of the things they're supposed to do. But they don't want to leave that burning house just yet because they're trying to salvage a photo or trying to salvage, salvage um, their favorite shirt or something. You know, and I'm giving you physical, you know, things. But think about the emotional things. They're trying to salvage some. They're holding on for dear life for some last grasp of the fake reality that they thought was really real. And their house is burning. And what you do sometimes and what I do sometimes, you run into that burning house to help them. And you don't realize sometimes until it's too late that they're holding on to the walls that's crumbling and and chipping off into their hand, becoming dust and charred pieces of wood. They're holding it. The whole area looks black. It's no longer 
the white or eggshell colored walls with decor. It's, it's none of that anymore. It's just emptiness and they're holding on like the emperor was doing with his new clothes. He was holding on to this, this possible reality of having an invisible outfit, you know, that was going to be the top trend, you know. And sometimes you just got to, you got to walk out that house and let it burn down to the ground. You've got to save you. And you know, when we're dealing with people, we have to realize, like I said in the beginning, that we're teaching them what we like and what we don't like. And if we're trying to be so pleasing to them that they don't throw us away, you're not even, you're teaching them that they don't need to be sincere. You're teaching them that they don't need to give you honesty. Every time you accept a lie, and you, in fact, aid them in lying to you, which we do sometimes, you know. I know for sure I've done it in the past, aided someone in telling me a lie. You think, Natalia, how in the hell do you aid someone in telling you a lie? When you sit and listen to stuff that you know is a lie, when you, excuse my French, you know sugar from shit and you still listen, you're aiding them in telling them you're going back and forth in the argument. You're aiding them. There's nothing to argue with truth. I would never argue with someone about the walls in my room being white. I would never argue with someone about the world being flat, you know, or me being a human or or me giving birth. Like, I, I would never, I know those things happen, so I have no reason to even, even go back and forth. It, it would be so pointless for me to go back and forth because I know the truth like I know my name. And we know the truth in situations, whether some, you know, whatever someone feels, we really know. But the problem is we don't want the weight of knowing. So we would want to flirt with the idea of it not being true. You know, just think about this. I remember, you know, I used to complain about certain parts of, you know, I used to I used to kind of think it to myself, dang, you know, I do such a big deal for everyone's birthday. And, you know, I feel like people don't do the same for me. So... You know, whatever. And I just kind of let that be my inner thing. Why I just thought that's what people thought, right? But then I looked around the block in my life (laughs) and thought to myself, I kept hearing, you know, heaven asking me, what you think you want to do for your birthday? Or Chris asking me, my husband. And heaven's my oldest, oldest daughter, you know them asking me what I want to do for my birthday or anything like that, even my sister. And I always say nothing, you know, just normal, like cake, whatever. You're teaching them with your response that you don't want much, you know. And then you have the audacity to turn around and say, 
while I do something good and big for everyone's birthday and no one does it for me. Well, you didn't teach us how to do it, Talia. You know? There's so many parts. And this is only... Now, I've heard some younger women, and I knew they were younger the minute they said it. Well, you shouldn't have to teach certain things you shouldn't have to teach, but men and women teach each other all the time. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I know what Chris likes when he he's had a rough day. You know why? Because I paid attention to his responses to when I did certain things for him when he had a rough a rough day. So that means he taught me just because he didn't sit down and say, "Okay, I've had a bad day. What do you do? A, B, or C, or D, all of the above. No, he didn't do anything stupid like that. We just, you know, you go to read from the response and you know what he needs. You know, you know what she needs. You know, when you, when you don't stand up for yourself, you're teaching people that you don't have to respect me. When you commune with people, there's a person that they got one really good chance to really disrespect me. Like, and you know what? I think I I misspoke. They didn't have one good chance. They had a they had about a good, I gave them about a good five to six years of them really messing with me just for the sake of some form of unity and peace between families right and they went so far I knew I spent one phone call with this person and it took me years to even have that one phone call and I had that one phone call and they did so much lying manipulating disrespecting all within one moment, all passive aggressive victimy like tones and nuances and all that, right? That was the last time I talked to that person. I blocked them everywhere from social media to my cell phone. They'll never get my number again. I'll never sit on the phone with them again. And it's not a grudge. I promise. It's just me really accepting and believing them for who they are. You know? And that's it. So they'll never get that. They know that they can't. I've taught that person how they can't disrespect me by me not allowing myself to be, allowing them to have the privilege of communing with me and talking with me. Now they forever know that they can never cross that path again. That I they learned. They learned. You know, a few people have had to learn the hard way like that. I think my my sister said that. Well, my sister and my mama said that once. The problem they said the problem with people is that they they really think because you don't respond aggressively that you know that mean that there that means that there's no response to them because I don't respond but my response is um deciding you know I'm going to firmly decide what I will do and won't do 
So if we could just keep that, and I know everyone has those one or two people in their lives where they just like, yeah, no, you really showed me your colors a specific kind of way. So I really can't let you back in, right? We have to do that all across the board. If people aren't forward with you, you must have participated in their beating around the bush way too long. And I'm not saying everything is someone's fault, right? I'm just saying we have to look at our part. And then once we look at our part, that isn't to make an excuse for what they did. That's to make you know, okay, I have a marker now. I can't do stuff like that anymore. You know? And if you're gullible to situations like that, knowing that is majority of the battle because you can use that knowing in your defense like there's a specific type of person you know sometimes I'll dip in and out of is it approval or is it I'm not sure what word it is but it's a damn annoying word whatever it is and I haven't I can't even tell you what the word is and I know it's annoying but um You know, I told Chris one time, I said, Chris, if you ever see me around somebody that I haven't picked up, you know, isn't really for me, tell me. Because sometimes if I'm naive in that one particular area that someone could say is a weakness, but since I know of it, I keep it in my tool belt, you know. I tell him, I said, tell me so just in case so I could know, you know, so I can basically get out of that situation. But I'm telling you, you have to know yourself and know the spots where you can easily be fooled because everybody has a spot. Some people, it may be approval. Some people, it may be this because of their childhood. They feel like I was abandoned, so I don't want to abandon you. I don't want to just leave you stranded how I was left stranded. You know, when the truth be told, you're not really leaving anyone stranded. You want to know why? There's millions and billions of people on this earth. And if they go outside of the couple mile radius, they'll find someone new. Shucks. You know, you could find somebody new online and not hop, skip, and a jump, you know? I think I think we just have to believe people and we have to be exactly who we are happy with being. And if someone doesn't like it, friend, relative, anyone, they're not a good fit for you. And that's that. That doesn't mean that they're they don't matter. That just means that they're unhealthy or not a good benefit for you. You know, and it's it's just important that we do all of this all of these things and everything we do in fact without operating from your wounded area. You have too much at risk when you operate from your wounded areas. Too much. And if you don't watch it you could be holding on to the charred walls as the house is about to come down because it's all on fire. 
And then there's another side of it. You don't want to be the person trying to rescue someone out the burning house when they really just want to be there. They want to sit in the middle and watch it all go up in flames. And and the truth is, some of that is, you can't say they're crazy. You can't say that they're toxic. You can't. Man, that's just the way that person is. Can we normalize that? Can we normalize people just being whoever they want to be? You know? And then you deciding if you want to affiliate yourself with that. Do you have that right? You're not a bad person if you choose you. You're not a bad person if you say no. You know? You teach people how to respect you. You teach people how to love you. You teach people how to be your friend. If you're the kind of friend that never wants any help from anyone, but you just want to give help, to, but you don't feel bad about giving help to everyone, but then later you complain that, I'm always there for everyone else, but who's there for me? <laughs> well, maybe if you would tell somebody how you're really doing, instead of acting like everything is completely fine, you know, that's dramatic. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, that's a that's a rough thing. You know, that's like that's like a jungle cat on the tip of a of a branch on a tree on a windy day. Like it's just not a good decision. It's not stable to be like that. You know. It's hard. It's hard to not think that your opinions and your feelings and whatever is a burden or if it's going to be too assertive for the room or too assertive for the person and you know you just got to be who you are and admit what you like don't base what you liked on what the people in the past gave you see I don't really like stuff like that and I don't like this and I don't have to have all that you're only saying that to what me and Crystal, my cousin Crystal, we always talk about pick me's. You know, the, the, the people who do anything to get picked. You know, it's such a dangerous game to play. It's such a dangerous game to play. It's not wise. You know, you don't want to be that kind of person. You want to be who you are. And know that that someone will love you exactly how you are. Everything that someone, everything that someone made to be too much about you is just enough for someone else and just right for someone else. And it wasn't too much. It was just that they couldn't handle none of what you were offering and what you were giving. You know, that's like, I, you know, I, I, told my son about this I said you know you want an ambitious woman ambitious woman don't have time to coddle a man a specific kind of way you see what I'm saying like if you have an ambitious woman you got to stand up to certain things you know why because they're always growing they're always building they're always monopolizing on something you know um so that means that they're not lazy they're probably not going to want to lay in a bed and cuddle all day you know, they're probably not. Man, you know, when I was younger, I dated this guy. And I literally couldn't stand a relationship with him 
because he did so much relaxing. And I know somebody's thinking, girl, what? Not relaxing. No, but let me explain. He was a smart guy. But all he essentially wanted to do was listen to good music, lay under each other, and just drink wine. I, I, I could not fathom. Even now, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around me spending like the couple weeks I did dealing with that. That's a lot. That's, you know? But I think I never took into account how how I wanted someone who was laid back, but I didn't think about the level of laid back I wanted. And he wanted someone that was creative in this. And I don't think he thought of the level of creative that he wanted to deal with, you know. And we get what we ask for. And asking isn't always, God, can I have the trashiest person that you have? Mm, What's the trashiest person? No, we're not doing it like that. But the things things we ignore, we're telling the universe, it's okay. Keep sending it. You know? Whenever we choose to deal with things or people that we shouldn't over and over again, we're telling the universe, hey, I don't want that good thing that I asked for not long ago. Because I prefer these things that are empty and just space fillers because they make me feel comfortable. And ultimately, I'm okay with the results of comfort in the time where I should be working and building up my harvest for winter, you know? But all in all, after all of this, I hope you can comb over this stuff and um, you can comb over it and really get to look at you and start being you unapologetically. That doesn't mean telling everybody off, but that means sometimes you want to stand up for yourself and just pray the people who's in the room are still there when you finish. You know, that's the most you can do. That's that's <laughs> that's my almost 40 years old advice to you. Say what you got to say and then watch who's still standing in the room after. You know. But um I want you to be conscious from now on what you're teaching people. When you need help and you turn down someone giving you help or offering you money or something like that, you're teaching people that you need nothing. And not only do I need nothing, I want to give everything I have and then accept nothing, you know. And ask yourself simple questions. Why don't I want this help? What is the reality? Is it going to make me look weak or like I need someone? But wouldn't I look even more weak if everything fell apart and I had, like, imagine, you know, finding out that your friend was struggling on the sidewalk in front of your house or in your house, struggling in your house, doing something, and you walk upstairs and stay in your guest room and you're like, Why didn't you come and ask me for help? I would have helped you. 
no, I just didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do that. But it just, because your initial response, the reason why people ask you, why didn't you ask for help? Because the first thing you think is, so wait, what kind of point were you proving? Why would you not ask for help? That actually makes you look at that person like they make bad decisions and you look at them like, man, that's kind of weak if you think that's, you know, being too sensitive and too vulnerable. You asking for help? Jesus, you know, think about that. And remember what I said, you know, you teach people how to treat you. you. You teach them how to respect you. You know, there's this thing. Um, Chris is pretty good at training a dog, Coco, right? And he started doing this thing when he, he they went to lessons at the pet supply store, right? And um, he learned this technique where, where if the dog gets nippy, like excited and tries to nipple on your hand or something like that, um there's this thing that he does he says ow ow and even though it isn't hurting him I watched the dog flinch because that marker was an indicator and and so now the dog is learning just how when the dog first came the dog caught on fairly quickly that you know I didn't like to be licked or anything like that do you know it doesn't matter how comfortable Coco is on me, if she's on my lap or anything. If I can tell she misses me and she's super excited to see me, she still, she still does not try to lick me because I've taught her those boundaries by being verbal. And that's what we have to do with people and make sure you always do it with love and you'll always get the results that you need to get maybe not the ones that you want but if you get those uncomfortable lessons out the way fast enough you can get a hold to the good ones you know and you deserve that good life you deserve the love you deserve all the special attention and you just gotta show people how to love you the right way and all of that starts with you know what you loving you enough to think you deserve to be treated the way you want to be treated and my friends you deserve to be treated well now it's time for you to receive it so keep those things in mind and until next time love on you a little bit more a little bit extra and give yourself a little bit more time to heal If this podcast has helped you in any way and you want to donate to this podcast, you can donate through Vimeo, Toya Dash Bodhi, or Cash App, Dollar Sign Toya Bodhi, T O Y A B O U D Y. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to share it with a friend. See you next time. Thank you.